0: meditations of our hearts. May we come to love you with our heart, our being, our strength, and our mind. Amen. Amen. There's nothing like a good story, and small children with just a little pile of shoes can create a great story. It can become a shoe store with customers in and out. Adults are no different. We scroll through hundreds of options on cable, Netflix, or Hulu. We all like a story. Psychologists believe that narrative is actually our most powerful human learning tool. People have retold today's gospel story of the bloodied, bruised, and beaten traveler, rescued and nursed to health by the Samaritan, in both kids' board books and grown-up motion pictures. The powerful story plays in our imaginations. But the Samaritan story is only one facet of a larger conversation between Jesus and what our text today calls a legal expert. Other translations just call him a lawyer. Chester proclaimed the entire story for us this morning from the Gospel of Luke. Let's together now examine the whole story, what Jesus is leading us to through the story, and then ask, how do we move where he leads? The narrative opens with the lawyer asking Jesus, how do I get eternal life? He approaches Jesus from a rules-based perspective. He wants the instructions, the formula, the recipe for living life forever. This mode of thinking is dualistic, with two paths, the right one that gets you everlasting life and the wrong one that doesn't. It's an either or. Jesus replies to the lawyer in the dualistic language which the lawyer is comfortable with. You tell me, Jesus says, what does the law say? How do you read it? How do you interpret it? When the lawyer replies to Jesus, he makes a surprising turn. He doesn't begin to list dualistic right and wrong rules about dietary restrictions or how to observe the Sabbath. Instead, he moves from rules to love when he replies to Jesus, you must love the Lord your God with all of your heart, all of your being, all of your strength, with all of your mind and love your neighbor as yourself. Can you visualize Jesus when he hears this answer? Maybe a slight curl, a smile curling at the corner of his lips, his eyebrow arching with surprise and joy that the lawyer's reply is not centered on hard, fast, right and wrong, dualistic rules the lawyer seems to get what the core disciples so often seem to miss. Perhaps Jesus' body relaxes a little, and a slight sigh escapes as he says, oh, you've answered correctly. Do this. Love God with your heart, your being, your strength, your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. Do this. And you'll live. There are two important things to notice at this moment in the conversation between the lawyer and Jesus. First, in his initial question, the lawyer asks Jesus how to gain eternal life. But when he gives what Jesus calls a correct answer, Jesus just says he will live, not live eternally, live. The second important thing to note in this exchange is that the love spoken about between the lawyer and Jesus is not some sentimental, affectionate, hallmark card kind of love. It is holistic. Franciscan father Richard Rohr explores the love spoken of between the lawyer and Jesus in his book, The Naked Now. Rohr writes, So often we think love your neighbor as yourself means to love our neighbor with the same amount of love, to love as much as we love ourselves, when it really means that it is the same source and the same divine love that allows me to love myself and others and God all at the same time. The love the lawyer refers to and that Jesus affirms is correct is love that's grounded in the union of God, self, and others. This is where Jesus is leading the lawyer, away from rule-based dualism that proclaims winners and losers, right and wrong, us and them. Sound familiar from the news? And toward love that Roar describes as an infilling from another source. Love is an infilling from another source. Only when we live in the source of divine love, then and only then, Jesus says, do we truly live. Live into our human fullness in the here and now. And so Jesus can relax. The lawyer gets it, but then he opens his mouth again. And he asks, so who is it that I actually have to love? Who is my neighbor? What's the rule on that? And in that one remark, Jesus understands that the lawyer doesn't know how to live, how to live in the source of divine love, but is instead stuck in dualistic us and them thinking. So Jesus rolls up his sleeves and he tries to reach and teach the lawyer using the most powerful tool in the human arsenal, story. In the story of the Good Samaritan with its traveling man and the, and the thieves who bloody, bruise, and beat him nearly to death, Jesus paints a picture of rule-based dualistic thinking and of the unified way of love. You can see this by looking at the story setting of the road, the road to Jericho. The priest and the Levite, characters who symbolize knowledge of law and religious propriety, are on the same side of the road as the bloodied, bruised, and beaten half-dead traveler. But in Jesus' story, they choose to cross over to the other side of the road. The road is like the lawyer's rule-bound way of thinking. There's my side and your side. There's us versus them. And it leads to distance, which breeds lack of compassion and potentially death for the traveler. The Samaritan, however, stays where he is, stays on the same side of the road, and came to where the man was. Because he didn't cross the road, didn't move into my side versus your side, Jesus says that he was moved with compassion. He cares for the bloodied, bruised, and beaten traveler, and restores him to life by staying on the same side of the road the place of the source of divine love. This is where Jesus leads us, to a love that is an infilling from a divine source that unifies us with God, self, and others. He leads us to this unity and away from a road that divides. At the end of the story, Jesus asks the lawyer, Who was the neighbor? The lawyer answers, the one who showed mercy. Jesus' story led him back, back to the source of divine love and away from us and them. Throughout the story, the lawyer fluctuates from dualistic rules to unified love, dualism, unity, back and forth. Ugh, the lawyer. Can I relate to him? And don't understand me. Misunderstand me. Do understand me. Don't misunderstand me. We have to live in dualism. Just to get here today, you had to decide left or right. And there was a right and a wrong answer as to how to get here. But we tend to sit in this mind all the time. All the time. Jesus is leading the lawyer and us to the same side of the road to take a break from the divided mind. How do we follow where he leads? Richard Rohr claims that the church has spread the gospel very well, but done a terrible job of teaching people how to follow it. He says that like countless generations of mystics and meditators before us, in order to live in divine love, we need to practice, practice sitting in a unified and undivided mind. We call this meditation or contemplation. This is why we offer contemplative prayer on the second and fourth Wednesdays of each month here at Holy Communion. Just as meeting a friend to run or walk makes us accountable to our exercise routine. Joining a contemplative prayer community assists us in the practice of sitting in the divine source of love. Some people need a friend to run or walk with. Some can maintain that practice alone. Maybe you could use the support of a contemplative prayer community. Maybe you can go it alone. Many of you I'm sure, in this moment, are cringing or screaming, ugh, I cannot do that. I cannot do that meditation contemplation thing. I'm no good at it. Well, I'm going to tell you something. Me either. And the greatest sign that I am no good at it is that I'm standing here saying I'm no good at it. That judgment, in and of itself, is a laying down of the road to Jericho it divides. In the moments that I can begin to let go of that judgment, I move forward in love. Pima Chodron, Buddhist nun and author writes, we can be where we are and at the same time leave wide open the possibility of being able to expand far beyond where we are now. Wherever you are in your journey of contemplation, accept that place. Begin without judgment. Just practice. It's not called perfect. It's called practice. Perhaps you have discovered other avenues to the same side of the road. The unified wholeness of the source of divine love to which Jesus leads. Other ways that are not centered on contemplation or meditation. What are those practices? And I'm going to ask, and this is a very sincere request, that you consider sharing those paths and those ways with me for my own growth and the growth of this community. Let's find time for coffee or a walk. Send me an email or a handwritten note. What is your practice for sitting on the same side of the road, for sitting in the divine source of love? You can find my email address on the back of the uh, Order of Service booklet. The Samaritan brought this source of divine love to the road to Jericho, and it transformed the traveling man's life story. When we bring this divine, united love, to the bloodied, bruised, and beaten places in our lives, to our divorces, our anxiety, our chronic illness, our untimely losses, our depression, our dependency. It can change our story, too, from stories of separation and death to unity and life. May you live in life. Amen.